the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're coming to the end of Philippians. We're in the fourth chapter. And last week we talked about Philippians 4.8 as Paul begins to speak to that area which is really the greatest battleground for the Christian. That is in the mind. You know, when we speak about the issue of the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions, it's the only place we truly experience the true definition of death. Because death, in its proper definition, means to be separated from God. And the soul is the only place that the, that the Christian can ever experience separation. That doesn't mean that the Christian is ever separated from God, but the reality of what we live in this life is experienced through the soul. The soul is the instrument through which we perceive life, as I told you last week. We perceive life with the eye, through the eye and the ear. That's how we perceive life physically. But we perceive life as we live it out upon the planet through the mind, will, and emotion, which is the soul. And there's so many Christians that live frustrated lives that are desperate to experience the presence of their Lord. But in the soul, they have created a virtual swamp. They've allowed their mind, will, and emotions to run free across the planet, picking and and grabbing up everything that they thought might pleasure them in the soul. They believe that the spirit is kept by God, but the soul is theirs to play in. But the reality of the soul is that God created it that we might experience Him upon the planet. And when He says that I've come that you might have life and that you might have it to the abundance that I want you to have it, He meant for us to experience it here, not just in heaven, but here. I've come that you might have life here. And where do we have that? Most assuredly, we have His life in union with ours in the Spirit. But we experience that life through the mind, will, and emotions, the soul, where we yield ourselves and we affirm the truth of who we are by living out what we have. As we begin to talk about Philippians 4.9, it is prefaced on Philippians 4.8. And all of this is received by faith. By faith. Paul is speaking in Philippians 
to the at the end of Philippians, he's putting the emphasis on what we have or what the Philippians have in their relationship with Christ. But it's equally important that they know that that relationship has to be lived out by faith. And you see, that's the big struggle of the soul. Because the soul deals in the concrete, in what I can see with my eyes, what I can hear with my ears, what I can touch and feel. And the mind says, that is real. But the reality of our spiritual lives is that we have a God who is reality. That goes beyond the eye, that goes beyond the ear, that goes beyond the touch. And we experience Him by faith. When we live the Christian life, it is lived by faith. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. But we do strongly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end in order that you might not grow or may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators, behaving as, as do those through faith by their leaning of their entire personality on God in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness, and by practice of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promises. What he is saying in Hebrews is that we would not have you become spiritual sluggards. Paul says, is basically saying through Philippians 4, 8, and 9, he is saying, don't become a spiritual sluggard. Well, what is a spiritual sluggard? It's people who believe that they have him in their spirit, but never experience or walk out in obedience the truth of that spirit in their soul. They do not experience the reality of His life within them because they never appropriate the truth of that life in their soul. And it starts in the mind. It starts in the mind believing what He says, that He never leaves us nor forsakes us, that His presence is with us. And what's the first thing the enemy attacks us at? Oh, God's not there. Oh, you've blown it. God's left the building. Oh, you're not going to experience God in this. Oh, you're suffering. That means God can't be anywhere around. Oh, you failed. That means that somehow you lost the presence of God. The enemy continually attacks us in our awareness of His presence. Why? Because if we do not realize His presence, recognize His presence, we won't appropriate that presence in the mind, will, and emotion. We won't allow Him to be the filter. We won't allow Him to be the guard. We won't walk forward in obedience. The whole truth of obedience is that I do nothing of my own. That apart from Him, I can do nothing. Obedience is that I will pursue the truth and the power and person of Christ who is within me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And as I pursue all that He puts before me in obedience to the power and the life of Christ, the life of Christ is manifest and I experience the truth of my spirit in my soul. It is well with my soul. That is the reality of obedience. That is the reality of living out the Christian life by faith. 
That is what we're called to. And here's the reality of of living apart from that. You will become a spiritual sluggard. A spiritual sluggard has to have it all unfold before them. A spiritual sluggard has to have this whole thing where they can see it, where they can feel it, where they can touch it, or it's not real to them. A spiritual sluggard says God will have to prove His presence in life to me. A spiritual sluggard says life is about getting the blessings on me and experiencing heaven otherwise. A spiritual sluggard doesn't believe that his life is maintained and kept by God. He believes that one day his eternal salvation may carry him to heaven. But he doesn't live in relationship. A sluggard is someone who will not live in relationship. A sluggard is someone who is so concerned about protecting themselves in this life that they continually do this to God. Come close, but don't come too close. Have a part of bless in blessing me. Have a part in, in seeing me forward. But don't have a part in controlling and shaping or even having preeminence in my thoughts. Only take it so far. A spiritual sluggard is one who does not practice, and we're going to hear that word again, practice the truth of their lives, but lives life out as on a roller coaster, wherever the track takes them. And the highs are wonderful, and the lows are miserable, and that's just life. We seek the highs, and we avoid the lows. That's not what God called us to. Listen, when you hear somebody talking about, oh, I just this life is just so miserable, I can't wait till it's all over with, you're talking to a spiritual sluggard. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's the truth. That is the reality of it. Oh, we're all looking forward for that great day when we see with eyes of sight the truth of our faith. But a spiritual sluggard is one who says, I can't see him here. And He hasn't blessed me the way I want to be blessed, so therefore He can't be in it. And I just can't wait for Him to come take me out of this hell that I'm living in. We live to the truth that we have a God who is supreme and sovereign and so far above the day-to-day, the living of this life, that we walk upon the water, not sink beneath it. That's what He's called us to A life of victory. That victory is appropriated and experienced by faith. By faith. Paul was raising his hands with chains towards the heavens and saying, I am blessed of God. I am His prisoner. That was statement of faith. It was His reality. It was God's reality for Paul. Was Paul special? Was he some super Christian? Do you think Paul alone was designed for that kind of victory? No, Christian, that's us. I have come that Paul might have life. (laughs) No, I have come that you might have life. All of you. There are no special Christians. Special God. We will never live in the freedom that God made us for unless we determine to live out the truth. Faith is affirmed in relationship. Faith is affirmed in relationship. It's not affirmed in what you know. 
It's affirmed in the relationship of experiencing life together. One of the greatest blessings of marriage is that we grow together as we experience life together. It is part of the reward of marriage. But marriage in its true definition would not be a blessing if we were just about getting through life together. And I would not know her the way I know her. Because I walk with her to the same end, and that is to know my Lord through my marriage. And as I know Him, I can love her. Oh, with a great love that I could never manufacture, that comes directly from His hand. I can be to her what I was designed to be to her, and she can be to me what she was designed to be to me. And you can be the Christian that you were called to be. And life can be to you what it was designed to be, and you can be to life what you were designed to be through the same principle of relationship by faith that says, I walk with Him, I do nothing apart from Him, I live out this life, the truth of this life, through the mind, will, and emotion. I embrace who I am. I rejoice in who I am. I celebrate who I am in Christ. We live this life by faith. We live this life in the faith of the reality of our union with Christ. Christ first, faith first in the unseen, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Then we walk upon the planet in the seen, which is this world. But the greater of the two is the unseen. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. It is important to know that faith is the first step of our walking in truth. It is by faith that we experience His grace in our failures and do not allow ourselves to live in some sense of separation. It is by faith that we love with His love in the midst of rejection and pain inflicted on us unjustly. It is also by faith that we allow truth to rule in our souls, rejecting the messages of the world and the enemy and letting us focus on Jesus as our reality. Hebrews 10, verse 38 and 39 says, But the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things and holy fervor born of faith and conjoined with it And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. But our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery, perdition, and are utterly destroyed. But we are of those who believe, who cleave to, and trust in, and rely on God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And by faith, preserve the soul, the mind, will, and emotion. How is your soul preserved by faith 
the soul that is to receive the, through, through the mind that is to see with the eyes to hear with the ears to collect the senses takes those senses and says this is not my reality but yields itself to the presence and the power and the spirit and the union that we have with Christ through the spirit of God and says this is my reality and the spirit of God steps forward and divides between the two and says this is truth here, here, here you have divine sanity in Christ here you have worldly confusion doubt, fear, anxiety Here you have the character of Christ. Whatsoever things that I have called you to dwell on are here. Here you have the frustration of a man without God. The sense of separation. Why is it miserable? It's supposed to be. To live in separation in your soul should be miserable. Because you were designed, you were, you were crafted, you were put together as a new creation of Christ, in Christ, to live in union. And the soul was to be that expression of that union. Whenever you feel distant, whenever you feel afraid, whenever you feel anxious, whenever you feel that God is not present, whenever you feel all of those things, whenever circumstances in life declare to you that God is somewhere out there and there's a sinking within the center of you and you feel like you have lost truth, you need to say, thank you, Father. Thank you for the Spirit of God that has revealed to me the truth. The truth that I have looked away from who I am and become as the world in my soul. Preserve my soul in truth, Lord. Only He can preserve the soul. The soul will be mastered, but not by you. Either by this world and the enemy, or by Christ. You choose. You choose your masters. But you're not in the lineup. It is clear by these two verses that in order to walk as Christ did, as he walked in the life of his Father, we must walk it by faith. It is through the practice of faith. Faith preserves this mind, will, and emotions, the soul. We may say we believe in God, but do we trust him with our souls? The problem with many Christians today is that they're Christian in their profession and worldly in their souls. We allow the soul to be the center rather than by faith allowing the Spirit of God to be the center of who we are. We allow our pleasure and our appetites to be directed by a soul that we've allowed to feed on the world. And we wonder why there is confusion, why there is a sense of separation, why the things of God don't seem real to us. Because we have chosen our reality and rejected the truth. Now for the Christian, that's not terminal. But it makes you live in hell while you live on earth. That's the price of carnality. You know, the word carnal means flesh. When you live to this, you invite the death, the experience of death, because this will die. It will pass away. We allow those pleasures to take control of our soul. 
And this is what Paul was addressing in Philippians 4.8 where he says, in, in essence what he says is, let your mind practice dwelling on the attributes of Christ, the revelations of his character in life. Let his life be your focus and the perspective from which you view all things. Philippians 4.8 For the rest, brethren, what's, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on, weigh, and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. Many Christians hold to the idea that they can direct their souls without the work of Christ. We experience life through that soul. The the soul is the collective experience of, of our walk upon the planet. And how we experience life has to do with the condition of the soul. It is that simple. How we experience life has to do with the condition of the mind, will, and emotion, what it is fed upon, what it is decided is its reality. You are not going to lose the presence and power of Christ with your spirit, but you can deny the truth that is within you in your soul. And as you perceive and take in life, the condition of that soul will tell you, will give you your perception of what life really is. Do you see how critical this is? It is the most important determination a Christian makes in living out the truth. That he will allow the Spirit of God to have preeminence in the soul. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about the Spirit, your your Spirit. It's already in union with Christ. What do you think he's talking about? He is talking about the soul. Let the soul be filled with the Spirit of God, that He may instruct you, that He may guide you, that He may be healing to you, that He may be perspective for you, that He may be balance for you, that you may experience the truth of your spirit. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. That's not a suggestion, that's a command. Why is it a command? Because you won't know life. You won't know truth. You won't know what it means to live in the truth of who Christ is if your soul is attached to this world and not to Him. Be filled with His presence. Be filled with His life. This is not some strange mystical experience only to be had at times of revival when the music's just right and the sermon is just so. This is the reality of how Christians are to live. That they invite the Spirit of God to have preeminence in the mind, will, and emotion. And walk in the truth day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute. That truth is to be your life. If you're wondering why you're not experiencing this abundant life, it is because you've allowed the soul to be in separation from the truth that is within your spirit. We were called to Him to be vessels of honor, to be vessels filled with Him, be filled with the Spirit. Fix your mind on Jesus. 
That means to see everything in context of your relationship with Christ. That's not WWJD, what would Jesus do? But the confession that you make and should make moment by moment, daily, you should live this confession, which is, Father, my life is yours. May the life of Christ fulfill your will in me. Thy will be done. Philippians 4.9 says, Practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And model your way of living on it. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being, will be with you. Paul is telling him to live out the truth in context with Philippians 4.8, which means to live out the truth by first fixing your mind upon him. As we've said before, it starts there, doesn't it? Do you know that the, the actual appropriation of faith has to start in the mind? It's where I believe everything that Christ has told me about who I am in Him. It's where I say, you know what, Father, I cannot live apart from You, the truth of John 15. I, it's where I begin to embrace the reality of the fact that I was made for Him and nothing else will suit me. It is where I begin to appropriate and live out that life first in the mind by faith. By faith I don't understand, but I understand his character and who he is to me. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.